Hi everyone, it's Charlotte here. Coming up in this first segment, you'll hear another TTA Hits the Streets special. We take our mics to the Metropolitan Opera for the Met Competition Finals. We really wanted to paint an authentic picture of how these moments felt, a soundscape, if you will. So enjoy the brief moments of overlapping conversations and giggling during intermission. Okay, bye. Core, core in grado, dai What's that mean, Core in grado? Ungrateful heart. Tutto è passato, non ci pensi più. Okay, let's go wander about. Okay, hi um, everybody. We are at the Met Opera competition. The We're Met at an intermission. Metropolitan Opera competition. <laughs> the LaFont competition, if you will. We're recording on a voice memo on our phones, We're but we did bring our mic in a really conspicuous way. We literally are just wandering around <laughs> the halls of the Met Opera with mics in our own faces. Family circle vibes, top floor, yep. top shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you feel, Charlotte? What's going on? Um, you know, I brought Cy Spoon's uh, shape-shifting, notes on shape-shifting book, mm-hmm. and there's a few sections about time not being linear that really stood out to me for today of like how many lives we've lived in this place and like how many different relationships we've had to this space and to this music and to this competition. Mm -hmm. So that's where my mind is at. And I have a few quotes to read at some point, (gasps) but I I guess I could open with one just to like set the vibes. Um, Okay. So I'm going to start with a Jodorowsky quote, which is actually like David Lynch loves him. Like he's a surrealist filmmaker slash poet slash writer slash don't quote me on that bio. Um, And when Saisun Gabby, I'm going to use her actual name, Gabby starts this section. It's called Time is Not Linear and Love Never Leaves Us. The quote from Jodorowsky is... You live in the image you have of the world. Every one of us lives in a different world with different space and different time. Damn. Which just feels very apropos to this moment, sitting on the other side in an audience. Yeah. On the top floor after like a crazy weekend of our lives, looking as they do at, dare I say it, 30 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you dare. Dare I say it. And um, I don't know, like the absolute joy and serenity I feel in that. And also like the obvious like 22 year old me who lives within mm-hmm. me and lives within all of us and how she's feeling today, you know? Yeah. And that like she is still a part of us and all of the dreams that we've ever had have been symbols of a yearning for something. And this was one of them for a long time. And like getting to the bottom of what it symbolizes and also just embracing that like, I don't know, it is what it is and that it could just symbolize itself to some people and that's also totally normal you know it truly is what it is so that's where I'm at I'd love to hear like how you're doing I love that I mean literally I feel like I'm on the exact same page (laughs) I do I feel pretty emotional yeah I feel pretty sad I had a long weekend you did and And of a lot of incredible things that like you three years ago would have been like excusez-moi you know but you know I this was my last year right for the Met Comp um, I did the, what's it called? New England? No. 
I wish. Um, <laughs> um, I did the New York District. Connecticut, New York District. And I didn't move on. Yeah. And I honestly really thought I would. Yeah. And I was devastated when I didn't. And mm-hmm. it was my last shot. And that dream is officially over. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the singing on the stage is so fucking good. It's like unbelievable. And I'm yeah. so thrilled mm-hmm. to be able to witness that. Yeah. And I'm also really sad to yeah. have to kind of like bury this dream in a way yeah. and go on with my life. And I'm sure I'm going to have like a great time. Yeah. Like we're going to have like great lives, but that's like not, I still feel like it's morning yeah, and I, ke- I, I was, I feel, I used to have this feeling when I was little that I used to call the homesick feeling and I would get mm. it when I was at home sometimes. I think it was just like anxiety and mm. sadness and like a yearning like for something. like a stomach drop, yeah. like almost like nostalgia, right like now. existential. Yeah, I yeah. started having it when we were watching. I could like cry right feeling. now. Oh my I God, feel I totally get that. It's a complicated little world that we live in. Yeah. Um, and I am determined to not let that homesick feeling dominate my life or my like enjoyment of yeah. other people's greatest yeah. days of their lives like you yeah, know yeah, i think yeah, the coolest yeah. part of the met at any competition is like you're witnessing the best day yes. of someone's life yes. and that totally. is so much fucking fun yeah dude and then there's another part of you that's like i wish this was my best day of my life yeah <laughs> and it's not <laughs> yeah 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 100 yeah. percent. there's like there are these two beasts these two wolves live inside me mm-hmm. and they always will yeah and i think not letting one dominate the other is like the way to go Absolute. But yeah, I like that quote a lot that you read. Yeah. It hits home. Perry wrote a note of today and like what it's bringing up for her. And something I really loved in it is when you talked about. Um, oh my God, sorry. I just like looked around and saw like a hundred people and I forgot we're like standing in the bed. <laughs> um, when you talked about not wanting resentment or bitterness to like overrule your experience of like joy and just presence yeah. for and like life as it is. Joy. Yes, totally. And like you don't want it to be a hindrance and it is something that exists within us. Like those moments of like grief and mourning and processing, we're never going to like resolve that. Like you're never going to yeah. have like a conclusion or like a singular answer. And I feel like part of growing up is not pretending like we can come to a simple conclusion, but instead deciding to be like completely okay with the fact that like many emotions live in you simultaneously and just being able to ride that wave. Like it's like a tide that has like a high tide and a low tide. Mm -hmm. And that's like the coolest part about growing up for me is just like recognizing those waves and like loving the experience of them instead of being like, I'm going to find a way to write this off and decide that I don't care actually. Because it's like, what if I always care? Like what if that's like what being alive is? Like what if I care forever until the day I die? How amazing would that how amazing is that how much is that like honoring the experience of being alive instead of just being like I've decided I don't care anymore and I'm signing off from that feeling because like that's not fair. That's not fair to you. Yeah. It's not fair to us. It's not it's fair not to fair them. It's not fair to people who are singing on that stage right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, we know. We know that feeling and that yearning. And, like, we're going to find ways to fulfill our yearning in ways that defy our imagination that we could never even comprehend, mm-hmm. i.e., like, this podcast. Yeah. But that doesn't mean yeah. that that still wasn't a whole through line in the last 10 years of our life. Like, I would never want... It's like a death. Like, you just never want to write it off as done because carrying that grief with you is like part of what keeps it alive. Like that, that was my life for a decade. Yeah. And like feeling that yearning in me is what reminds me like that really happened, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I feel totally. you. <laughs> I really, really do. Another thing <laughs> I was thinking about is 
a lot of times you see people writing off others' successes by saying, yeah. oh, well, plenty of people make it to the finals of the Met and then don't have a career. It's like, and? Literally, and? <laughs> and? They made it to the like finals? This is, like, fucking like, incredible. Yeah. And I was thinking, yeah. sitting there watching, and I was like, what if that's it? This is fucking amazing. Yeah, like, that'd be a great this is it. Yeah, like, literally. If they I, decided to never sing a day in their life after this, like, right. how fucking cool is that? Like, Incredible. <laughs> like, how do you even process it? I could not agree more. <sighs> Yeah, very weird. Shall we keep wandering? Where should yeah, let's we wander? wander to? Oh my god! So guys, the balcony is closed. Yeah, so so our plan has been thwarted. Yeah. So we're continuing along. I see a couple people that I know. Yeah. What kind of know? But, uh, <laughs> not that kind of know. <laughs> like what energy? Oh my god! I actually another person I know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Okay. We're literally recording a podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is my friend Charlotte. Hi, this is Jeremy. Nice to meet you. We can't stop recording because then we won't be synced up. So we're just going to oh. keep recording. Yeah. Do you want to say hi? Yeah, sure. What, what do you want me to say? Um, how are you feeling about everything today? Are you having fun? Um, I'm having so much fun. This is very exciting. Uh, this is only my second time at the finals. Yeah. Um, and I just love watching it. It's really cool. Isn't it magical? It is. It's cool seeing people that I know and like people that are my age doing this. You know, yeah, it's just totally. very inspiring, yes. as they say. Yes, you that's know? exactly how we're feeling. Like witnessing the best day of someone's life. Yes, kind of, you know? absolutely. Like, oh my god, it's so cool. Yeah, like, and I can only imagine what it feels like yeah. to have been here this whole week and you know mm -hmm. d gone through all those coachings, rehearsals with the orchestra, whatever, yeah. and then get up on this stage and like something that they've yeah. probably been dreaming of for years and didn't know that it was going to happen until a week ago. Right. So and like really people cool. that we know, like yes. we're at that age now yes. where it's like our colleagues. I know. And it's, it's like, so this could be you kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Totally. I love it. Hi, Robert. Oh my God. It's so good to see <laughs> good to you. you. Very dramatic, but I try to get everything at a sample. Oh, <laughs> Tyler McGillivary, look her up. It's all just like oh, okay. surrealist, cuckoo, cartoony. Yeah, she's fun. Thank you. Thanks. How's Don going? Good, good. Do you know Charlotte? Hi. It's nice to meet you. Oh my god. Recording. Oh, <laughs> Oh, are you? Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Did I? You know? No, we can't. No, this is this is what it is. Like, no, it's just chaos. Do you want to say hi? Yeah, sure, of course. Okay, we ran into the one and only House of Schmaze, the anonymous House of Schmaze. <laughs> totally anonymous. And I'm Bryce McClendon, but I guess I'm part of House of Schmaze. <laughs> You're in the house. You're in the house. Yeah. It's so, so nice to see you all. I'm a huge fan, but we have to go smoke. Okay. <laughs> have fun. Love you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Nice to see you. Okay. Happy we got to see the one, the only. I know. I wanted to hear what they thought, though. Maybe I know. We'll see them at the end. Um, so we're looking over into the whatever like floor below. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. Most amazing like '70s like hippie oh, yeah. dress. That's moment. incredible. <gasps> oh, ringing that the, is the bell. There's some beautiful hugs and embraces. There's like a pianist I know. And there's someone who's definitely like under 10. I love that. <laughs> I love that for her. Okay, all in all, I think this intermission was quite a success. Yeah, absolute. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, I'm going to decide if I'm going to cut this out, TBH, because I don't want to get too like in the weeds with like 
talking about like our contemporaries, but I just have to say the soprano who sang, do you remember her name? The Teresa Parada, the last one. <laughs> that is like some of the most emotionally driven singing yeah. I have heard in a very mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking about superlatives of like any, it's literally not <laughs> like, but what I am saying is that last performance, I was very moved emotionally. Like I almost cried. Mm-hmm. And that's actually just something I can't say happens like a ton yeah. <laughs> in the okay, contemporary so opera I have performances. To say, I mentioned this in the note, but so I watched the semifinals. I watched a live stream of the semifinals. Uh-huh. And when her, I think her name was the first name called. Uh-huh. And she came out and she was close to um, Melissa Wagner's mic. Uh-huh. And you could hear her say, oh, my God. Oh my god, it's gonna and make it, me cry. It, like really, I like it makes it gives me chills. Um, yeah, it, gives it was me just chills. a really raw emotional moment. Oh and my I was god, very glad I was able to witness. That's so shout sweet. Shout out to Teresa Parada. No, literally, shout <laughs> out. Um, was just oh, very moved by that. Or, should we yeah, go back right, in? No, no, no. Okay, we should probably shut it off now. Okay, going back in. Bye bye. Bye guys. Hello from the future. <laughs> We're here now. Uh, it has been about two weeks since the Met competition. And we're coming to you with, I don't know, some more processed thoughts since mm-hmm. the big day. We're coming to you with some responses you've given us on Insta to what was the exact okay, question? So <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, what words or phrases do you associate with the Metropolitan Opera National Dominique LaFont Council audition competition? Oh my God, <laughs> love. So we're getting those responses in live as we're recording right now. And we just, yeah, have some pieces of writing that kind of really mm-hmm. touch on how we're feeling personally and maybe resonate with you as well. Only one way to find out. Um, we're going to get into <laughs> it. <laughs> so I'm going to open with two pieces of writing from Notes on Shapeshifting by Gabi Abrao. She, we've talked about her a bit on the pod. She goes by Sai Swoon on Insta. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we live, laugh, love her. And she came out with a book, I guess, maybe almost a year ago now. That's insane. Um, Anyway, these are two things that really stuck out to us and kind of touched on the themes that were going through our heads while we were at the competition and since, I guess. So this first one, I guess this is a poem called Venus Retrograde. When once again, narrative proves it does not exist. The rules we made up, the lines we drew in the dirt, the non-negotiable statements, an ending thrown out the top floor window in a single motion and all you can do is laugh and laugh and laugh and begin again but there is no such thing as a beginning Hmm. so that's the first one and then i know we can stop there and talk about it for a second to like sit with it um yeah i guess for me what came up with this poem was the idea that narrative is this very earthly specific thing that we develop around a topic that we care about be it a certain dream a certain career path whatever it may be and then at the end of the day those narratives if they become too specific and too attached to like the earthly realm of like they're this one specific career path this one specific dream etc like they're going to shatter and come back together and shatter and come back together and find their way and so a lot of times 
you end up laughing because this very specific dream you may have actually may have been a yearning for a larger thing that comes into your life in a different way than that Mm -hmm. initial specific dream that has all these specific nouns and verbs attached to it you know Um, and I love the idea of you just laugh and laugh and laugh and begin again but also just acknowledging like it's not a beginning you're still on this path toward this like ultimate yearning this like human yearning for something that is symbolic and wordless and you're just getting closer and closer to it and you just keep changing focus and how you get there I just thought that really captured it nicely and definitely something I associate with the Met competition (laughs) I love the laughing. I mean, I feel like that's been like such a saving grace mm-hmm. for the both of <laughs> yeah. us in like leaning into this yeah. instead of just like leaning into the opera world as it is, making it like sillier yeah. Yeah. than I had previously been making yeah. it. <laughs> and also just kind of knowing it's like this constant um, restarting mm-hmm. in a way that's like not restarting the whole thing, but you're like, all right, here I go again. Right. All right. right. Here I go again. It's like, that's what life is. As you get yeah. older, you like realize like, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Definitely playfulness comes in, swoops in and saves the day and provides that tone Literally. that is necessary in life. Yeah. We've been obsessed with playfulness and seriousness, but, uh, subscribe to our Substack to find out more. <laughs> thrilled to announce.substack.com wait it really is, is that our url i think that's so, I don't so know. cute i had a couple people be like i really want to join but um i don't want to pay and i was like there's no pay but i think yeah. Substack kind of like tries to trick you into thinking that maybe you should pay something yeah maybe they like anything. ask for a donation or something but yeah no yeah. it's just like a free service i hope <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> as far as we're aware yeah <laughs> Um, let us know if it says differently because we don't know anything about (laughs) the incoming. (laughs) Um, anyway, yeah, so that's the first one. (laughs) And the second one, uh, just we'll say beforehand that we'll probably cut a portion of this because it's a longie. That I'm just reading the whole piece now um, for the sake of recording for Perry and I to like get in the zone, but not sure what's going to make the cut. Um, <laughs> so just know there's more to this than what you're about to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. We've actually also talked about this on the pod before. So yeah, um, this vessel holds both the observer and the performer. That's the title of this. It's kind of just a piece of writing more so than a poem. It's sort of like how Gabby designs her life. It's sort of like her spiritual practice, I would say. We're like one of them. The observer is of consciousness. The observer feels the truth of the world and the human condition and just feels blessed to witness this complex dimension. The observer is eternal and forgiving and knows nothing of binaries or bounds. The observer sits on a vast spectrum, constantly reminding us that all of life sits on this vast spectrum too. It has a sense of humor about it all, coaxing the performer to laugh along. It does not fear death. It does not fear life. If you listen closely, the observer can be heard cheering you on simply because its passion lies in experience, in doing, in being. The observer wells up with wonder as it watches you take quest after quest, fall after fall, win after win, but it has no concept of wins or losses. It just witnesses happenings as they are. With a loving gaze, the observer sits light and looming, entertained by the view. 
The performer is of this earth, of this dimension. The performer is limited with tools and conditions and specific to this plane that allow the performer to play and interact with earth and other beings. The performer survives, pays taxes, decorates the house, chooses the proper shoes for the day, holds conversations, goes on dates, attends meetings. The performer has needs and desires, some of which do not even belong to them. The performer is just as influenced by the collective performance as it is motivated by its own solo act. The performer alternates between struggling and rejoicing in this stimulating life and sensation often felt at great intensities. The performer is drama. The performer is survival. The conversation between these two forces is invisible, a potency that exists in one's own perceptive space. Keeping these two forces acquainted is vital. The observer calms the performer, reminding the performer of its ephemerality and silly condition. The performer reminds the observer of its eternity, its freedom. The observer grows wiser as the performer takes on more acts, and the performer grows wiser as the observer witnesses more of its acts. Hmm. That's very cool. I love... I literally felt both of those presences at the Met competition. Yes. You know? In a very literal way, too, because it's about performance. Right. And also, we are We're performers literally performers. Sitting in our yeah. seats. Like, Observing. Watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely felt like mostly the observer. I feel like I was really. I, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I feel like you were in a performer place, especially mm. that day. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. in such an observer place. I was like, life is crazy. I'm like, what's going to happen next, baby? And you were in like a very different space of like, wow, this is like real life. And I like really specifically in this place and time had this specific vision, you know? Yes. I think that's a really good way to describe the distinction. Yeah. Because also like I kept feeling like I f- was I felt very tender. Yes. During that so whole. So human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very human. Like watching other humans do this human thing that I wanted to do mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, that I'm not allowed to do anymore. Mm. But I don't know. Like it's hard to think. Like, could you go more into how you think of that distinction? Like when you're sitting in the seat watching a performance, like how does the observer and the performer like interact? Yeah, I think for me, the observer is the part that is really able to zoom out and say, oh, my God, I started studying opera in 2011 because it sparked some like passion in me. And I put my violin aside because I'd been doing up doing it up until then. Mm-hmm. and there was like a it was like something just like bit into me in this really primal way of like I cannot stop doing this and now I'm 30 years old living in Brooklyn with like my cat and like my lovely boyfriend <laughs> and I'm here with somebody I met at a program in 2015 and right. he's now one of my closest <laughs> friends and I'm watching the Met competition on a Sunday and I've aged out of being able to compete. But like, how did I even like, what is what? Mm-hmm. Like, I could mm-hmm. be anywhere with anyone right now. And this whole thing led to this. And that's such a cool path. And my path is so enriched because of it. And also there's like a plenty of other things going on with me and like singing and art beyond that specific competition. But just sort of the incredulousness around 
how I've developed this like passion and story around this art form and how embedded in my life it is and my friend group and how beautiful that is. Mm-hmm. And then so there, it's sort of like this like eternal gratefulness that you would like just not really have any ego. I guess ego is like a good simple yeah, word yeah. to apply that I just like didn't have an ego relationship to it in the observer mindset. But then the performer is like, what the fuck? I'm so mad that like life is unfair and that like this happened and this happened and this yeah, happened. Yeah. So I was unable <laughs> to do that. And if I had only done this, then I could have done that. And what if I had gotten into this off of the wait list, then I could be here doing this. And it like is this complicated, hypothetical, like earthly realm shit that is not inherently untrue, maybe in certain regards, but it is also just like, okay, dude, like I can't, yeah probably maybe some of that is true yeah, but like my life is just like, bigger than that and yeah. I'm bigger than that you know what I mean like so those are how those two things are going and like just pinging back and forth like totally a ping pong ball moment you know I mean it's exactly it's kind of like exactly how I felt but like I was more it's tricky because I really had a great time but I was definitely more like living in the performer yeah at that time yeah. but it is this constant back and forth and this constant you know I've had conversations of like, what could I have done differently? Like sure. I, I picked the wrong, right. What is it? The, I picked the wrong district. Mm-hmm. If I had just been willing to drive a little farther, things would have really changed for me. And like, there's just always these different paths you could take. And then at a certain point you're like, what is that doing for me? Right. Sitting in this seat. What is that doing for me? <laughs> and it could even be partially true. And that's like the hardest sure, part. Absolutely. Like really, yeah. like if you had been in, yeah, if you had flown to Puerto Rico, would it have helped? Maybe yeah, right. some people did it, or right? Even if I had just gone to Connecticut instead mm-hmm. of New York. Oh, you know? yeah, that's right. You did New York. You go hard for that. That's yeah, yeah. I went. I hard. salute you. I was like, this is stupid. I'm doing New York, and now I'm like, oh my god, that was stupid. I did New York. <laughs> 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 but it's also just I don't know. It just doesn't excite me in the same way as like thinking about actually enjoying the performances Mm -hmm. excited me you know or like observing the humanity of those performances um and really feeling connected to the singers who won Mm -hmm. and being able to like ride the high Mm -hmm. of the best day of their life yeah without getting so obsessively preoccupied with whether or not that should have been me right. up there, which honestly, we were just talking about this before. I really don't think it should have. Right, sure, sure. Like, <laughs> After hearing them, they sound fucking incredible. Yeah, and that was really exciting to observe to like watch these people do this craft at such a high level in a way that like really vibed with me. It's yeah, like, this technique is hot. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this is very electric and right. exciting to witness, and also sad. Because I wish that someone was thinking that about me, right? Sure, like sure. it's like this con- yeah. like it's kind of this observer performer, like sitting in the seat and like picturing myself up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just like back mm-hmm. and forth. The desire and like dreams that we have. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what we talked about. I'm so afraid to like repeat past I us. Think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, something that I've really been thinking about with the podcast mm-hmm. is I think it it lives so clearly and strongly in us. And for a lot of other people, this is the right way to consume it, but they listen to it once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And and I don't think that like us repeating our ideas or concepts is like a bad thing. I think in fact, like if we started repeating ourselves from like the first two episodes, people probably wouldn't even notice. (laughs) And this is like not, not no, I know it's like, we know too much about our own. Yeah. We're like material in our process. And other people are like, you know, they don't, you know, obviously I don't remember every podcast I listen to. Yeah, sure. So I think 
I think repeating ourselves. Okay, I love. Oh my god. Also, I have that same glass. Lol. Oh my god. Love so her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a plain um, glass for people listening. It's just like <laughs> the most plain glass of water you've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Something that I wrote here that uh-huh. we kind of discussed before, but I did like this line that I wrote. Mm-hmm. I wrote, I will not allow my resentment to affect my ability to bear witness to joy. It all lives inside of me. The reality of the situation, the dream of what might have been if I had just picked another district or <laughs> get, gotten one more shot or chosen a different starter or, or, or the gratitude, gratitude for all the cool shit I've done, the knowledge that I'm not done yet, the fear that I'm too late, the feeling that I'm where that I'm where I need to be. Um, the understanding that there are other people who are really fucking good singers and also that this isn't a fair system or a fair game. Um, and the knowledge that I've done a lot of really cool shit. And then there's a lot of other stuff that I wish I could have done that I was not given the opportunity to do. It's all alive inside of me, but I, I need both of those sides. I can't ever let one, um, dominate over the other because then you kind of lose something from both you know Mm -hmm. if I just kind of give in to accept like not acceptance but like if I just give in to like this is how it needed to be that's kind of sad but if I give in to what if or I'm better than what I've been given that's no fun I just that's just not a fun way to live yeah yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's definitely like we have to be beyond black and white thinking like it's definitely Mm -hmm. like an expansive you have to like step into more expansive thinking to straddle that line and I agree with you that it's like the only way and I was actually literally the reason I brought up I don't know if we should repeat anything is because I literally wanted to read what you just read I'm not even kidding (laughs) I was about to be like can I read that thing because that was like really the theme that you brought up that inspired anything I brought to the table in terms of like writing or like my own thoughts Mm -hmm. um that being able to we were talking about like death and grief a little bit as well Mm -hmm. and just the idea that like to your point if you can hold space for all of this including the disappointments that is like what the experience of grief really is and it's like most base nature is holding space for something that happened and not denying it and not putting it aside or putting it away. But instead it's like sort of in the passenger seat of the car and you're like driving the car, but it's like still right with you. And that ultimately that is you honoring something that was real, be it anything, including a dream, you know, like honoring that that was real and you're not going to just like, put it away like it never happened and just like get over it you're not going to get over it like it's Mm -hmm. that was a real dream that we had for many many years yeah and like that's what allows us to be present for this competition and not just like be bitter or resentful or shut off like we're not trying to shut Mm -hmm. off parts of ourselves I wanted it really badly if I didn't want it I wouldn't have tried to get it right I wanted it yes I, I wanted it and I will continue to want it yeah And like my life will change. Obviously, I do feel a bit of relief now Mm. that I'm not going to be doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I can sort of just like lean into observing it because I had a lot of fun watching it. But I wanted it. Yeah. I never want to deny my desire in that way Mm -hmm. to kind of uh, placate myself. Mm -hmm. Something I wanted, despite how fucked up the Met is. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go on and on about the Met as an institution, obviously about how I'm sure how fucked up the competition is, right? It's all fucked yeah, up. Yeah, sure. And I wanted it really badly. Right. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. 
And it's funny you bring up grief because I was actually just thinking this morning, my one of my friend's boyfriend's brothers works at my dad's old company. Wow. <laughs> and we just made that connection. And actually, um, my, that company has an award called the Mike DeCristina Award. Oh and my God. it was just given out today. And it's for like being a good person at the company, <laughs> basically. Um, for like being like, I don't know, socially conscious and like kind. Um, and they gave it out. And so his boyfriend's brother was texting him. And then he was like relaying the text to me about like how cool it was. And like how, wow, your friend should be so proud of her dad. Like they just like gave a speech about him and like all the cool oh things God. he's done. And it made me feel so connected to him. Yeah. And, you know, obviously like a lot of grief, but also leaning more into this Jung stuff mm -hmm. that you're kind of like getting me into. My dad fucking loved Jung. That's why I have the red book. It's his. Yeah. And I like took it from my mom's house. Um, and it just feels so cool to connect in that way, yes. even though it's hard and sad and yeah. like just feeling that connection, allowing it to be in the passenger seat of like, this sucks that I can't like tell him about this. Yeah. But also it's pretty cool that like I have this connection and way to like memorialize him and like connect, really connect with him totally. by like reading the books that are in his library and doing this, which I think he would have found very cool. Absolutely. You know? I always <laughs> think that. I always think he's like the guardian angel of the pod. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I'm so happy for you that you are allowing your like heartbreak to happen in order to get to feel the joy yeah. of that you know like you of like how cool this is you get to feel that because cool you get to you step out on that ledge and you're like you know what fuck it I'm gonna feel all of the feelings that are gonna happen and that's yeah. such a gift like I'm so happy for you as like fucked up and crazy as it is yeah you know and obviously it's not quite the same as like not making it to the regional <laughs> met competition but in many ways you have to like operate the same yes, way and totally like, yeah accept how sad it is and also how cool it is to like be trying to do any of this at all right mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> exactly I love that he had the red book I know my mom <laughs> got it for him because I didn't really realize this until I was doing some more research about it I don't I had never really tried to read it yeah. I just basically used it as a coffee table <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know that it was locked in a vault for so long yeah I had no idea it was like relatively recently published mm -hmm. and that's why my mom got it for him like she got it for him when it was published oh my god it's like, that's crazy. That is crazy. Okay, Wendy. <laughs> Amazing. Um, let's see. What else do we want to touch on? Freaking. I definitely am happy that like we recorded there yeah. and now we're recording now. And like we've kind of allowed things to sit and simmer. Yeah. And like I feel so different. Yeah. And also I've sort of just like in sort of a necessary way. You just kind of move on. Yeah, exactly. Like, on to the next thing. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that we can just like, like life just keeps happening. <laughs> Like it really like, oh, does. That old thing. <laughs> <laughs> Our brains are so funny. Like humans are actually so funny for that. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> how things can fade in intensity. Like who knew? And it's just like in the yeah. moment we're like, no way. Like literally no mm -hmm. way. But it does. Mm -hmm. It literally does. <laughs> yeah. Such a comforting truth. Oh my god, this um, this is a little bit oh, sorry. No, no, no. I wasn't didn't I didn't know what I was gonna say. Um <laughs> this is a little bit of a side note and I don't so I won't go too far into it in case I like, yeah, in case it doesn't resonate too deeply. But basically I saw a movie last night called 32 Sounds. It's a documentary and it's literally like the history of sound. It's very much like an Alex Ross-esque situation. Mm -hmm. The person who made it has made a lot of, they did something with Kronos Quartet once that I actually also saw. 
it's kind of like it seems like almost an NPR podcast kind of vibe like it's like explorative and like cool but also like really like finds all these like very deep like real truths mm. within this like very specific topic so it's about sound literally and so yes everything you're thinking it's about it's about it's about all of it it's actually minimally about music it's mostly about like crazy other things and just like the power of recording and how insane that mm. is for our culture yeah and um somebody listened to a recording of I don't know, a family member from a very long time ago and they recorded him listening. There's a lot of like recordings of someone listening to something like video. And uh, he was like crying afterwards and he said, it's so incredible that with these recordings, it's the closest you're ever going to get to real life again. And yet it also is so, you're so potently aware that it's not the real like original thing, but -hmm. it's also like you decide to put yourself in that pain of listening to it because you also know like this is as close as you're going to get to hearing it. So like you'll do anything to feel that. But upon listening to it, you're confronted with the truth more than ever that this is as close as you're ever going to get to the real thing. And you, Mm -hmm. you walk right into that. You walk right into that trap because you want to hear it so bad. And I feel like that's such a, like, that is sort of like what that, looks like it's sort of like the fool archetype we were talking about of like mm-hmm. just walk one step in front of the other toward the thing you want with not a care in the world to a degree like that is like a yeah. theme you know like I'm gonna walk into this Met competition I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna listen to all the singers I'm gonna fucking love it even though I'm gonna feel that pain I will not let it take away from the experience of like living my life I refuse to give it that I can handle it I love that we can handle it we can handle grief we can handle pain like that's okay Mm -hmm. it's still worth living our life in the meantime you know yeah yeah and finding a way to like feel joy exactly and like letting yourself feel joy and sometimes the only way is to let all the other feelings come in along with it totally and it's funny it's as you're saying that not to bring up my dad again no no the same way I feel uh watching home movies oh my god of course that's what I thought of when you were describing it of Obviously, you know, it's not real, but like, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing to even have that and to like have that access. Yeah. It's not a memory. It's like, and it's always through his eyes. You know, it's never, you never see him. He's, he's recording oh, most he's the of the narrator. time. He's the narrator. Oh, 100% <laughs> of the time. The only time you see him is when he lo- looks in the mirror. Oh, that's sweet. Like waves or in he'll the mirror. Set, yeah. Or he'll set up the record. Like he would set up the camera mm-hmm. before we like played with action figures Oh, I've seen then, those. I've seen you guys like running in circles yeah. playing. Yeah. And we would like, we'd act out like Lord of the Rings and stuff. And he would like record that. Wow. For who knows why? Or he would rec- set up the recording um, to read to us mm. sometimes. Wow. To read. That's great capturing. He's like a little yeah. documentarian. He was, like that's. I know. Wow. It's crazy. Kind of before. I mean, a lot of people's parents were doing this, but not everyone's parents were doing it. Yeah. You know. No, that's huge. At that time in the 90s with a huge camera. Mm-hmm. That was One of those into big ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> plugged into the wall. Yeah. No, that's exactly what made me think of it. Um, mm-hmm. Just like how we engage with like losing loved ones and like we'll do anything to watch those videos, anything to read those, you know, whatever we have texts. But it's like you enter a space when you enter that that's full of multiple emotions at the same time Mm -hmm. yeah how do you think the fool like factors into that I'm down to like get into the yeah let's get into the fool um (laughs) 
So the fool, so Perry was writing about the archetype of the fool in some of this um, and like deciding to kind of like move forward and live life and like the joy first mentality and like everything else can just be what it is. Can I, can I explain how I got there? <laughs> Please. Yes. I'm so excited. So, okay. I have to go back to that poem that I have in this. Oh yeah. I, I was trying to think of the title, a title for this episode. Right. <laughs> and I kept thinking of the phrase, the art of losing. And I was like, I don't think that's my phrase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I came up with that. So I Googled it, and it's a po- it's the first line of a poem by Elizabeth Bishop. Okay. Should I read it? Or yeah, no, no. No, we'll okay. decide what we want to cut out. Whatever. It's like yeah, reading yeah, yeah. hour. Like, everyone can just listen yeah. to our little things. Yeah, yeah. So it's called One Art by Elizabeth Bishop. The art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost that their loss is no disaster. Lose something every day, except the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. Then practice losing farther, losing faster, places and names and where it was you meant to travel. None of these will bring disaster. I lost my mother's watch, and look, my last, or next to last, of three loved houses went. The art of losing isn't hard to master. I lost two cities, lovely ones, and vaster, some realms I owned, two rivers, a continent. I missed them, but it wasn't a disaster. Even losing you, the joking voice, a gesture I love, I shan't have lied, it's evident the art of losing's not too hard to master, though it may look like, write it like disaster mm. and I think I, I kept thinking of losing I wasn't thinking of the word failing yeah no just losing so when I was googling losing it was a lot about loss and it was a lot about grief and I you know this poem obviously I'd say is more about like losing a person than like losing a competition <laughs> but I think the fact that I had the word losing on my mind yeah is significant oh a hundred percent this this poem definitely spoke to me and you know flexing this muscle I love this <laughs> and trying to accept the fluster of lost work he's I lose fucking everything me too and I'm I'm always flustered about it right um, I love that it's like such a mundane in in their description yeah. it's just like this mundane part of life and I love that <laughs> she describes it as something that you're good at like you're so yeah. good at losing like just it's a skill that we're great at and we just need to relish in it because it's just and gonna do, keep happening <laughs> I do feel that way as a singer I do feel like you get pretty good. I mean, it it's kind of goes back and mm-hmm. forth. I think for a while I felt like I was really good at losing when really I just felt like I didn't deserve to win. Sure. Yeah. And that was kind of a protective measure. Mm-hmm. And now I've opened myself up to really feeling the pain of losing, which is not something I ever felt before mm-hmm. I found this teacher. And I feel like I've, I know how to sing a little more now, but it feels more fruitful in a lot of ways to move through it. Yeah. Being more upset by loss and rejection but um allowing myself to feel more upset right so I was google I was doing these googlings I was like trying to think of like loss mm-hmm. and then I started googling Jung on losing mm-hmm. Jung on loss and then that's how I found his some of his writing about the fool it's kind of hard to find I need to just like actually read some Jung like the primary text no I feel the same way yeah because like the archetypes aren't like fully fleshed out anywhere but then I I, this is like a University of Texas document I found Mm -hmm. that um kind of described Jung's archetype of the fool I think I'll just read that yeah yeah at least part of it um 
I also, the phrase unpotentiated future kept coming up with so The Fool cool. and that that felt very, you know, allowing myself to, like The Fool is open to all possibilities. The Fool has no direction. The Fool is just like um, relishing in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the beauty of openness and unpredictability. Where did this, where did the quote begin? The, f- uh, the fool slash jester archetype urges us to enjoy the process of our lives. The positive fool invites us all out to play, showing us how to turn our work, our interactions with others, and even the most mundane tasks, like losing your keys, into fun. Mm-hmm. The goal <laughs> of the fool slash jester is perhaps the wisest goal of all, which is just to enjoy life as it is with all its paradoxes and dilemmas. I love. And, and then I, was, I wrote, understanding my place in the industry and blooming in that instead of resisting an archetype feels like important yes you know I love so that's how I got that's how I started thinking about the fool and Charlotte has been thinking about the fool for a very long time (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think about it a lot because of like my tarot deck and like Mm -hmm. the symbols involved in the like the archetypes of the major arcana in the tarot deck it's kind of like the face cards in like a a card game like it's like the ones that are not just like two of cups three of cups but it's like Mm -hmm. a queen or like uh like the joker wait yeah the joker is that a face card not really i suppose um i don't know what i feel like everybody has a different opinion on like what the joker is in like a card Hmm. scenario but yeah yeah Uh, but like definitely that kind of vibe so like the world card and like death card and like the devil um the hanged man i don't know why i'm thinking of like all the intense ones but (laughs) like (laughs) those there's also the star card that's a happy one um anyway so the fool it's a very interesting one and it's literally that like it's that archetype brought into the framework of a tarot deck so the fool represents unlimited potential but the way you can learn a lot about the meaning of a tarot card by the visual components so it's on mm-hmm. this it's like a man standing on the edge of a cliff almost like on this ledge and he's looking up at the universe looking up at the sky hmm. and he's just like so like wow like there's so much life ahead of me and the sky is like an endless like whatever and he has like a very small knapsack of like objects like he's like a minimalist like doesn't like not like overpacking for anything not overthinking anything on this adventure and he's just like walking along um and it so it usually represents like unlimited potential like exactly what you're referring hmm. to and mm-hmm. it's like he doesn't care he's like not a care in the world for like earthly things he's just like off to his next adventure and like whatever is going to happen is going to happen um and there's like a really interesting thing i read let's see if i can find it um there's mountains behind the fool in the images usually and those mountains symbolize the challenges that are yet to come <laughs> however the fool doesn't care about them right now because he's focused on starting his expedition and I love that. It's like you're just watching That's him like do 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 like that. walking along like it's all good. I don't care. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like real um Hobbit vibes. Yeah. And it's like we know <laughs> we can see the mountains in the background. But he's like right. even if I, and it's like honestly maybe he does see them. And he doesn't like give a fuck. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he's like busy just living in the present like figuring out what he wants to do next. And like it's very like joy first like living life first. Everything else that's going to come will come and we'll deal with it then. You know. Yeah. I love that. It feels very much like what I want to try to embody. Like the only way yeah. 
to like make it through yeah, this. Yeah, the fool is a great <laughs> card to get in a tarot reading, personally, I think. Cool. Everyone always thinks like, great, I'm an idiot. Like when you get it in a reading. <laughs> but it's like a good thing. It's like how the death card is good because it's like the death of like a, it's like a symbol of a death of something. It doesn't mean like, right. you're going to die. Like that's not what like that means. <laughs> We've really lost like symbol literacy in this culture and I get it. So. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it's a good card. I like it. <laughs> and I feel like it's what we were sort of talking about in the beginning of like finding silliness. Yeah. I feel like Sai Soon really embodies that in a lot of ways like a kind of like intellectual fool like did yeah. you see her most recent tiktok about going to disneyland yes. and how it's just like it's all about finding symbols and mm-hmm. like it's a museum it's a museum and it's like a permanent art installation a hundred i love that perspective i'm pulling it up right now because i saw it like <laughs> literally like a half an hour ago um she says it in such a brilliant way yeah what did she say um me explaining that Disneyland isn't some childish escape, but a contemporary art installation to study the power of symbols, meaning making, and the history of animatronic arts. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's also how we have to approach going to the Met. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, meaning making. You could turn around and be like, Disney is like a fucked up corporation and like yeah. blah, blah, blah. And like, all of that is also true. Yeah. But like, if you're going to go to Disneyland, you can't go to Disneyland being like, this is a fucked up institution yeah, right. and like Walt Disney was an anti-semite it's like okay yeah yes and totally like a hundred a hundred a hundred a hundred and also like yeah if you can find like a way to appreciate what is happening in the present with the people around and the situations around you yes. you're gonna yeah I don't know have like a more fruitful life I don't know true I completely uh, there's been such I haven't really felt that until like the past couple months honestly mm. and I feel like our relationship has like allowed me to get there. Stop. I've been thinking about this a lot, but like seriously, <laughs> like, you know, being around you, like we are around each other so much. Yeah. And I think that that has really rubbed off on me. And like, oh my God, there's a bit so of cool. negativity that I am able to release. I was thinking about it. I sent you that other size phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instagram story yeah, 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 yeah. About baseball. And like, yeah. I go to baseball <laughs> games now because I have a boyfriend who loves the Yankees and like, I have been able to have a really great time Mm -hmm. and people like express their condolences to me because I'm in the arts. Right. And like, I'm around people who don't care about sports. This happened to me at one of my gigs recently. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh, baseball is like so nationalistic. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's like really insane (laughs) and hilarious. (laughs) But also like, I feel like I'm like, a scientist I'm an anthropologist exactly (laughs) that's like what it is all about and if you like I just think it's also so fundamentally necessary as an artist to see everything Mm -hmm. as an anthropologist because otherwise like what's informing your art like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like the human experience how can I live if all I do is go to a Yankee game and think about like the history of America and how these people although they're really good are massively overpaid and I can't believe how many people there are in the stadium like what if these people like came to opera then like opera wouldn't die like obviously you can it's just like and it's like not, not how- the way through to the other side of the, exactly. to answer those questions like it yeah. I could not agree more it's like you have to bat like that is real like it is literally mm-hmm. real but I feel like you learn so much more about like the future of our world and like the things that we do want to find more of in our world when we also experience the joy in that and like the reason totally. we were talking about baseball is because I told Perry this is a now, don't everybody go because I still want my cheap seats, but <laughs> I'm really enjoying going to the Brooklyn Cyclones with Greg. Um, 
their stadium stadium um is <laughs> on it's like at coney island like on the boardwalk it's Incredible. like literally on the boardwalk like you leave the stadium and you are on the boardwalk you can go play like carnival games and like there's carnival food and like i don't know like a ferris wheel and like a roller coaster that's like really insane <laughs> like genuinely crazy um, and like a beach and like cuckoo people on the boardwalk that have like snakes, you know, like everyone's always crazy on the boardwalk and has like a little show to put on. Um, and I love it. It's like one of my favorite things to do in Brooklyn during the summer is just getting, doing a giant group text and being like, who's around? We're going, we're all just going to drink like white claws and like eat popcorn mm-hmm. and like watch this game. And it is actually so fun. It is so fun because like, it's kind of just made for kids sort of like wrestling is to be honest, like <laughs> yeah, shitty yeah, wrestling. Yeah. It's literally just like, whoa, guys, did you see that? And like every single break between plays, it's like this guy dressed up like a lobster versus this guy dressed up like a like a dolphin or going to run around the field. Let's see who gets to the finish line first. It's like, are you serious? Like, let's go. Who's going to win? And I'm like screaming for like the dolphin. Like, it's so fun. And I like, I don't know. I just think there's so much more life to like live when yeah you have this like multifaceted experience at these things yeah because like they're there for a reason people like it like so why why do they like it I want to know you know it's the same way I've had I've conceptualized going to the Met yeah and it's also this idea of like there's two Mets there's like Mm -hmm. the Met as the institution and then like the Met that exists like inside of yourself Mm -hmm. and I just cannot (laughs) have the Met that exists inside of myself be like this horrible place that's like hell that's like a demon like a demon lives in Manhattan yeah yeah, yeah, her name is the Metropolitan offer I just can't live my life that way Mm -hmm. you know what I mean 100 percent. and it's like not this idea of like bypassing reality either because it's like we know like I mean I think most of our listeners like know that we know like what's up (laughs) or whatever but like I just want to like re-emphasize that that like we are very aware of like yeah the components about the Met that are fucked up and like need change like they're fucking up the unions like they didn't pay any of their orchestra members during the pandemic like Like. they're not like it's not okay like nothing's okay and also like I want to live in reality right now and like see what's up in the world and like where we can find some playfulness within it because like we deserve that too like we all deserve that and then also like, like I want to be moved yeah. and like scream at Sarah Saturnino's Odon Fatale because that was an incredible aria that I'm so I feel so lucky that I got to witness her. Uh, yeah. And I'm not going to I don't want to like spoil that moment 100%. for her or for me. Exactly. Like that happened just as we're saying it happened. It was amazing. Yeah. And we were there when. <laughs> and yeah, that was literally fucking cool, dude. <laughs> that was fucking cool. But then also like. I saw a TikTok this week about like a Robert Moses. I think it might have actually been Robert Moses or somebody else in the same time frame that built the Met in a very specific way that like took out a lot of neighborhoods in the area that Mm -hmm. were uh, majority like people of color. And the Met Opera, all of Lincoln Center faces away from those like low income community like apartment buildings. And that's on purpose. Urban planning can be some of the most monstrous like like violent things that can happen in this country are done through urban planning. It has blown my mm-hmm. mind in the last few years to learn that and learn about the, pa- I mean, like I guess I always kind of knew that, but like reading about Robert Moses and what he did is like cuckoo bananas. So like that's real. The Lincoln center like was brought about in a really fucked up way. And we saw one of the most like historical, beautiful experiences at the Met competition the other day of some yeah. amazing singers. Yeah. And like both of those things are literally true. And like, I'm, I'm, just trying to find how to live in that reality every day you know Mm -hmm. like that's what we're doing (laughs) 
So Charlotte recommended this book to me. Wait, literally, what is it called? It's in my backpack because I was reading it this morning. Oh, shit. Wait, Dancing I have it. in the Flames. I have it right here. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the book is called Dancing in the Flames by Marion Woodman, the dark goddess in transformation of consciousness. Marion Woodman is like grandmother of like archetype vibes, particularly mm. archetypes surrounding like the, I don't know, archetype of a woman or like the feminine. She's definitely the one who like really has gone into like the mother the crone the maiden the goddess the like dark goddess which is what this book is about and very much mm-hmm. ties into female rage which we are into at the mom so yeah that's the book so in the book that she tells a lot of re- retells a lot of myths talks a lot about myths a lot of myths that i don't f- fucking know about at Classic all because i don't vibes, know anything sure yeah but i like love to like read it and be like wow i know about this <laughs> um and so this little quote that spoke to me in relationship to the met and what we were just saying is talking about uh someone's flaw like how he's messing up in the story so she says He saw everything external as being separate from himself and fell into the trap of dualism rather than seeing the mind as a mirror with the capacity to reflect without dualistic notions of good and bad. Like everything that's going on is like also going on inside of me. Mm. Like I am also, I'm complicit Mm -hmm. when I, whenever I go to the Met, I'm complicit in this memory of like who the Met displaced. And also I am like enjoying great art. Yeah. And it's just the truth of it. It just can't. Yeah. You can't separate the two. You can do something to try to change both of them. Absolutely. And that's like the big part that's like actually so fundamental about Jungian work and so fundamental about like using myths and archetypes as a way to like grow who we are as people. It's not a means of spiritual bypassing and a means of passivity. It's actually quite the opposite. It's by integrating both of those truths and by fully believing and understanding that both of those things are true then we do feel more empowered to take specific actions that we Mm -hmm. are capable of taking in our bodies, in our lives that can make a difference. But if you're trying to fight one off or only believe Mm -hmm. one or the other is true, that's when you kind of short circuit your own nervous system. You short circuit your own brain to be like, I don't know. I don't know. It's too much. I can't do it all. Like it's too overwhelming. I'm just going to enjoy the show or like, it's too overwhelming. I'm never going to go to the Met. Fuck them. And Mm -hmm. neither of those things are really actually the answer. And that's why like the shadow side, the dark goddess, the like unconscious, the like, difficult things that exist within us exist alongside the light the like joy the like pleasantries the whatever and integrating both of those and just like giving over conceding that both of those live in you that actually is like the Mm -hmm. most empowered thing you can do to feel like you exist in your body and you can make choices to make the world better you know what I mean does that make sense yeah. or is that like a run-on sentence? No, no, no. I, I mean, that's literally what she's talking about. Oh my God, love. <laughs> my therapist is Jungian. Can anybody tell? <laughs> she recommended this book. Can anybody tell? <laughs> and it's that's a lot about what Jung was doing in the Red Book too. He was like having a conversation with himself when he realized that his masculine was like totally overtaking his feminine mm. and that he was really anxious about the idea of like someone feminine and flirty like living inside of him he like hated wow. that and he had to like integrate it by like retelling the myths of um john the baptist and, Sa- and salome oh my god and yes. so he like does that in the red book and like reawakens like the feminine part of his soul incredible really cool fucking so <laughs> cool so cool and then also that's a little different than this book because this book is talking about the lack of like a darker goddess like they talk about kali a lot mm-hmm. and like 
um how that is like totally absent like how the virgin mother is just like all we have the main good lady that we have yeah this whole thing is about how i i talked so we i don't want to we're very into female rage right now we've been thinking a lot about it there's a lot of tiktok edits particularly toward the beginning of the year and i got to thinking a lot i sound like carrie bradshaw i got to thinking um (laughs) sort of about like what sparked this like interest among gen z in the act of female rage and the portrayal of it and something that popped up for me and i literally talked to my therapist about it because she's like a union like obsessive and she said, you know, in many cultures, there is a dark goddess like Kali, like what you're referring to. She said, when women are like quick to anger in a certain situation or just become angry, people will literally say like Kali's name. They're like, you are embodying hmm. that right now. Like, that's where it is. That's what's popping up. Like, there's an anchor for it. it. That's what symbols are, right? There's an anchor for it in the subconscious of like, oh, that's what she's doing. Like, that makes sense. That's human. That's like, we have a name for that. In the West, we don't really have that. So we feel kind of like out to sea when we experience female rage or we see it portrayed. We're like, is that right? Is that wrong? Is that like a twisted Mm -hmm. like version of like something that shouldn't be happening when really most non-Western cultures are like, yeah, women get pissed and like they should be pissed. And that's a divine part of them. But this book is basically like we don't have that in the West. We just have this like quiet virgin and that's all we get. And so we're kind of like, fuck, are we fucked up for being angry? And it's like, no. (laughs) <laughs> that's the answer <laughs> in the book <laughs> and then also like what do you do with it like I definitely felt exhausted by my anger during COVID and I find I think that this turn towards young facilitated by Charlotte it's also like a turn towards the internal mm. which it kind of is what I'm more interested in right now which is wait maybe why I'm like thinking about the Met in this way of like your internal Met. A, yeah, yeah exactly like I think it's still like social justice to consider it from that perspective, but it's definitely a move away from like, here's what's happening. Like here are the brass numbers, the brass tacks. Like mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm not in that period right now. Like I need to like think about myself first totally. and then I can like get into the numbers in a way. I don't know. No, no, I get that. I get that. And that is ultimately like a sustainable approach. Like if we want to live a lifetime of like making a difference in certain ways, Mm-hmm. than like obsessing over every number and every like major event like I mean you yeah we should like know events happening for sure but like you know right. like there, there's also this <laughs> thing people of like get what we're saying yeah, like, but you know you have to like just decide how you want to step in and like what your role is going to be and like honestly yeah that's just like bettering yourself to figure out like how you can make a difference instead of just being overwhelmed as fuck Mm -hmm. which is so doable it's so doable for any of us in any context to get like incredibly overwhelmed so I love that and I totally get that we love to integrate we really do yeah do you want to speaking of integration do you want to um go through some of the responses oh my god yes (laughs) let's do it good call okay so as a reminder I asked what words or phrases do you associate with the Metropolitan Opera National Dominique LaFont Council Audition Competition? <laughs> and we literally asked this question like five hours ago. <laughs> so Love. responses are still flowing in. <laughs> so I'm sorry if we don't get to yours. Maybe you just sent a test at like 3 p.m. today instead of at 10 a.m. today. <laughs> um, so let's see. How should we go about this? So I kind of just categorize them like the ones that really spoke to me. So maybe we can go through those. Yeah. And then maybe I was thinking we could do like a whole Substack post for this episode and we could like include all of the responses we got and Mm -hmm. like all the shit that we just read and like that sort of stuff. So like people can look at it and like see the full list, especially, you know, like within the next 12 hours 
the other responses that will continue yes, to come 100%. in. hundred percent. I love that. So we can just read some now and like why they stuck out to you. Just and like react. pick a random. Yeah. I won't read names. Yeah. Um, this is all anonymous. Anon. Um, big deal. If you can make it work upside down mm-hmm. smiley like ain't that yeah, the whole that. Yeah. thing ain't that the whole thing big if yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally we could have edited all of this out just and read just that. read that <laughs> be like thanks guys it's been two weeks since the last recording here's what we think now big deal if it works if you can yeah <laughs> the, the other one I like that really stuck out to me is carrot of capitalism yeah, yeah. like if that's the carrot what's the stick right you know that Mm -hmm. is like it makes you think of the other like what else is going on right I love that one the other one I really liked which I think is more of more of a comment on the way I what I called the Met competition rather than the Met competition itself is mouthful mouthful (laughs) because I just like I combined both like what the fuck is it actually called I read that and I was like, that's such a, like, both things. It's like referring to mm-hmm. how you ask the question. It's like very Freudian. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, whose dick is in your mouth yeah. right now? Mouth is full <laughs> to the brim. <laughs> um, it's just so big. Oh, my God. Again, it's very related to mouthful. Yeah, yeah, what a mouthful, yeah, yeah. huh? It's just so big. We should just <laughs> categorize these by, like, what's borderline Freudian and then all mm-hmm. of the rest of them. <laughs> oh, my God. We should do that for the substack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god and i'm going through what them. has like phallic imagery yeah. and <laughs> oh my god that's so funny hard okay i'll stop yeah hard yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> also stuffy again yeah. thinking of like i mean obviously like we're stretching this yeah. but like mm, you're stuffed <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like we're stretching it but are we <laughs> like yeah literally literally <laughs> oh my god um yeah, what else? I liked when someone said feedback with a space between each letter, like feedback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feed again, where it's like yeah. an oral fixation thing. Disorganized. That just reminds me of like the resonance debacle from like, was it resonance? Oh my Is God. That- yeah. Oh, I, first I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> very, very much like moving on and moving up. Like I totally yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh my god it's just so big it's still getting me but it's like so i just love like I the know. phrasing of it just sounds like desperate and overwhelmed like it's just so big. <laughs> it sounds it's so porny yeah, bro. <laughs> okay let's see what else yeah. um i really liked the, using the word young because we also got a lot of like we got two people who said something about ageism yeah, for sure and, but i also found it interesting and i responded more to young because now that i'm like sort of on the other side that is a little bit what it feels like, mm-hmm. like it is young yeah yeah and i continue to be young but it is still a young thing. Totally. The most popular one, we got the word rigged. Like so five many times. times. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, you know, we kind of like discussed that. Obviously, like it's a fucking way to feel. I'm not going to like deny anyone that. Right. It's not something that I don't feel, but there are also a lot of other ands, right? Exactly. I don't know. Um, and it is interesting that that's yeah, I mean it's easy. What's the thing? Um, I might want to cut this out to not like give away our next thing, but being addicted to the dunk. Mm, oh my God. Literally addicted <laughs> to the dunk. We, yes. <laughs> we had a great conversation with someone the other day that you will eventually hear a version of. And that person used the phrase addicted to the dunk. And it really resonated with us. Yeah. I wrote it in our little notes. Yeah. It's just easy to like 
dunk on something especially when it like Mm -hmm. deserves it and particularly when it's punching up so it's like yeah relatable like I get why that's the first thing people would say um Mm -hmm. I like in all caps change all of your rep (laughs) (laughs) oh and then we got one that was related to that we got people singing rep that's inappropriate yeah and putting that right next to change all of your rep it's like I don't know. It turns into this thing where it's like, it's not the people's fault. Yeah. No one's singing, you know, yeah. like there's a lot of input. There's a lot of feedback. No, totally. Happening. Um, I also like the phrase for show. Yeah. Made me think of like a show pony, a show dog. Yeah. Or like American um, Idol, which like is how I always. Oh yeah. We got American Idol to too. people who yeah. aren't in the opera world. I'm like, it's our American mm-hmm. Idol. Like basically, but hunger games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. Like I get, yeah. Like, totally (laughs) (laughs) like I won't that's true like fine um traumatic traumatic (laughs) Traumatic. bs valid yeah lucky I like the lucky nepotism um yeah we got we got a lot of ones that kind of are in the same world like nepotism a couple times someone just said Juilliard that's their whole Juilliard Stressful, pain, pre-chosen. Oh, what are your five is also related to uh, the rep stuff. Impossible, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah, maybe a little bit. My sister commented, um, sister comma opera. Those are the two words (laughs) that she associated with the Met competition. One literally just came in, another ageism one. So that's ageism times three. Oh my God, I feel like we're on a live. Like, this is so fun. I know. I like we're on is, a Twitch stream. radio show. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly fun. I wanted to do it like way in advance so that everyone would have time to like send their stuff in because obviously we're going to keep getting stuff after we finish recording. But also, yeah. this is really fun. Yeah. Like, if you're on it, you're on it. And if you're not, you're not. And <laughs> either one is fine. <laughs> if you were there when, then you were there when. Um, exactly jump scare if you checked instagram yeah Yeah. i like yeah jump scare (laughs) so funny oh my god a real a real subjective crapshoot that's a nice turn of phrase not to say that's like a whole there's some pros going on in here yeah yeah oh whoa Um, this one's fancy pantsy i don't know why i'm just reading this now too long of a name for too little of pay yeah mm-hmm. and then it says in parentheses even placido ass gives 30k away question mark what a poem point. yeah <laughs> this looks like a rupee cower is that how you say your name yeah literally <laughs> okay but also Too didn't many. they get 20 i guess 20 is less than 30 <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> yeah but then i'm also like does like in the finals everybody gets a certain amount is that also true for the operalia i don't know I don't know. I've I don't fucking, fucking know. know. I'm not. I've never calculated those numbers in relationship to like my life. So I just like no. I'm not like let me see how much I like. That's just okay. I if I win Operalia this year, then that means I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, oh, gatekeeping. Did we say gatekeeping? A couple people said gatekeeping. Uh, no, but that's like a good one. Um, some people. Someone said bad outfits. Yeah. It's not their fault. I don't blame the singers. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah panic attack um, <laughs> this is fun i feel like we should do this for every single episode i know oh, no, we obsessed. literally just got another Shut one up, we're on twitch <laughs> outdated comma elitist 
oh my god a new comma um outdated outdated is the good it does in many ways it does feel that way I mean that's kind of like the whole vibe of the Met right yeah. like there's nothing it also reminds me of like temporary what like a competition was for that the internet now offers like just sort of like publicity exposure right. like you know like what is you know what I mean in a way like a competition yeah. like in the 70s it's like how else are you gonna like sure. get on yeah. the get in the public eye and now it's like yeah. of course the competition still has value I feel like this is a high thought I don't know if this is making sense but like now obviously a competition still has a lot of use but back then it was like the way the way it was like the only, the only way. way like you live in like Arkansas now you're like on the big state you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean like Judy Garland yeah. ass era like <laughs> this is like that would be like oh my god I'm, I'm in the city like <laughs> yeah you go back and like city. tell everyone like what the city's like you know yeah um and also in a lot of ways the internet has changed the competition like it's made it even crazier because yeah. now I like watch everyone's interviews and I can like see what your face looks like up close and like see how you talk and be like wow I really don't like how this person talks or I love how this person talks right like did I send you shout out to, <laughs> to Natalie Lewis <laughs> Natalie Lewis had the best answer during her semifinals interview the question was what are you most excited about mm-hmm. for the Met competition and her answer was to meet these other singers and to make more friends. And I was like, that is literally the answer. That is the, that is answer. the only answer. You're going to know like, you've these answered people the for question. the rest of your life. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Like, that's what's that long term here. Really moved me and excited me. Yeah, that's all there is. Yeah. There isn't any more. Yeah. Oh, we got a new one. What is it? Ageist, predetermined, political. Hmm. I'm loving, I love the free association. I love the comments. I know, this is so fun. Because also the the answer box limits your word count, right? Which is also like you know, it makes it so readable. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. I love asking questions and getting answers. I know we love questions and answers. <laughs> Over singing, interesting. That's interesting. I mean, I didn't I didn't feel that way. Also, uh, change. Wait, what was I going to say? Oh, like the unqualified judges is interesting to me because it's like. I'm so curious like who if we could all be in agreement of like who good judges would be do you know what I mean like yeah I feel like there's no answer like other than House of Schmizay (laughs) 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 who else though like I don't even know Um, and also I feel like the Met suffers because there are so many districts so it's like literally who the fuck are these people no, literally and there's a different person at every single thing they're like and random i think in smaller places yeah the like year completely. um shout out to 2019 when i got an encouragement award ow, at a ow. district and it was i'm sure in no small part because one of the judges was ed berkeley from aspen and i went to aspen mm-hmm. the year before mm-hmm, 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 so it's mm-hmm. like you know if it comes down to two people you know he's not like he wasn't my best friend rest in peace he passed away really suddenly like two years ago um but i'm sure like if it came down to two people he's like yeah give it to perry right now yeah. yeah 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 so it's like shit like that all the time like what are you gonna do right 100 percent. oh my god i just realized some of these answers came from someone who was at the met competition and that's <laughs> so I'm, that's so all i'm gonna say that's all i'm gonna say but i'm just right now fucking realizing that I, and i'm really? dying i was like reading yeah, yeah, all yeah. of these being like so true so true so true so true so true this person is, really knows how to feel <laughs> okay shall we wrap it up yeah let's wrap it up um oh this is such a good recording <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> i know this 
like try, figuring out this energy of like being just prepared enough but not over prepared for me has been like really good yeah it's like very freeing mm-hmm. to be like it's gonna be fine yeah I don't have to like write out my thesis yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like this perfect it's an art to get the in-between mm-hmm. right of preparing but not yeah. being too prepared really um yeah thanks for listening everyone this was definitely an emotional journey for one episode Mm -hmm. because though it was a two-week emotional journey for us it was a one episode journey for you so (laughs) let us know how that was um and thanks for listening yeah i'm charlotte Um, oh wait do you have anything to say before i say no 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 no. say your name (laughs) say your name i'm charlotte and i'm perry and we are and we're thrilled to to announce Bye. Core, core in grado. Dai piglia. Is that me? Core in grado. Ungrateful heart. Tutto è passato. Non c'è benzi più.